We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. I'm your host, Dave Cameo, and I'm joined by Sharon D.A.P.A. Blazy Gardner and Bridget. KO-Dishify.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-Y-S-E-T-E-R. And we're here to talk about The Last of Us's eighth and penultimate season finale titled When We Are in Need. We did react to this episode a few days ago on Sunday night, right after the show. It's our post-watch live stream. If you missed it, you can get it from the description once I put it in there because I forgot to. Or you could just go to our YouTube channel and check the last live stream besides this one. So yeah, we have a little casual conversation between all of you. We just kind of just get the brain vomit out there just to kind of say, oh, this was so cool. That was so cool. We see what you reacted to. And and as usual, I was kind of right about not wanting to watch the episode again before we came on. (laughs) It was just, which again, it's a good thing. Bella Ramsey in this episode near the end, expressing both terror and also also, that angry moment was just, whew, it was a lot. It just tra- it was traumatizing. It's triggering is the right word. Thomas, by the way, Rachel should be coming on soon. She she yeah. came out of work. She's coming. She knew she was going to come out of there work. There she late, is. So. And there she is. Surprise. And Cosmo's here and I, Rachel Burton. There Bird. she is. I'm having Cheez-Its for dinner. I see. <laughs> It's a cheese kind of night, folks. Okay, so it'd be so crunchy for you, Dave. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Is this another short joke? I don't know. Should I come off mute? Yeah, for that. Yeah. Just crinkle extra for him. Well, know? only if you do a spit That's take. That's how he likes it. Oh, extra yeah, no, crinkly. No. No, no, I feel like the lady from Billy Madison. Here you go, kids. Sloppy Joe's extra sloppy for you. By the way, don't insult Thomas. Thomas is here. <laughs> Dave's Thomas so old. Thomas is one of us. He's included <laughs> automatically. Yeah. Well, don't don't get too familiar. He's that's when he that's when he attacks. Thomas gets he gets you all like comfy. Dave. Like David. Like Dave. He gets he gets your guard down, and then he well, you know. And then he pokes you in the eye so that you cry, <laughs> cry, cry, cry. Mm. <laughs> right. So he this gets episode- your guard down, and then he hits you with a bunch of puns. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. This episode's fairly cut and dry. Yeah, so were the people in it. (laughs) I have my jokes right here. (laughs) That guy was a real jerk. (laughs) That guy was a real jerk. (laughs) I could think of worse words. This is shaping up to be uh, quite the live. It's going to be rough. No, this is not taking the audio podcast. Because we don't want to address the overall inherent creepy and cringiness of this episode. So we're so compensating by just joking until we can make ourselves talk about it. This is what we did during the, it wasn't the penultimate episode of The Walking Dead, but it was like the third to last. And then the very last, yep. we're like, all right, are we going to talk about the episode now? But the third to the last <laughs> was actually the worst because just <laughs> literally it's like I cut out 30 solid minutes of us just not talking about the episode at all. <laughs> And then on top of that- the best 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, arguably, sure. Uh, No, (laughs) correctly. Sometimes you have to go through the start from the beginning to find out where we'll land. And that's Revelation 21, which is what David recites uh, at the beginning. The Jews take on (laughs) the New Testament. Let's let's start with me. So in my notes, I say say basically, John saw a new heaven, earth, and Jerusalem come down from heaven. And so I write down, is this the new heaven? Is this David's heaven? Because when the world ended, it was like, his heaven came down from earth. He was allowed to become what we often say about the walking dead. And that is, 
The Walking Dead makes it so you are the person you are meant to be. And David got it. David got to be who he wanted to be all along. A cannibalistic pedophile. Teddy just nuked a bunch of people. He didn't like cannibalize and and pedophilia. And carried his mom's carcass around. (laughs) He was pretty creepy with Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? We were like, and we're like, no, 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 thank you. I'll I'll not. He wanted her to be new mother. But what Revelation 21 is supposed to be, it's supposed to bring you comfort through hard times, which is to say, if you can endure and survive these hard times, <laughs> clever title use, you will reap the bounty of heaven. Let's say you'll you'll get to that point where once you pass this pain, once this pain has passed, you'll get to reap the rewards of heaven on earth or heaven. Basically, the second coming allows it so that you can be a part of the kingdom. And they describe it even to the point where the world will revert to the state before Adam and Eve bit from the apple of knowledge, essentially. I just thought that was kind of an interesting metaphor. You know, if you overcome the pain of this world, you sorrows will be wiped away and replaced with joy. I just thought that was a kind of an interesting metaphor. And especially like with this cruel, cruel, cruel winter, which they all say they're suffering from. And you see like Troy Baker, kudos to the makeup department, or maybe that's just Troy Baker's rosacea, but he just looked so gaunt and weathered. And Troy Baker, for those who don't know, played Joel in the video games. We mentioned that in the reaction episode. Makeup department. And it's just, it's just such a good job too. He was basically just describing their present day. With all the troubles that they have right now, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right, right. There are some really big religious themes in this episode. Almost everyone who is a part of that community, at least the ones that we see more than two seconds of, have names from the Bible, which I thought was interesting. Like Timothy. David. Hannah. James. Marco is the Hispanic version of Mark. Josiah. Josiah. Yeah, there were just a lot of um, religious names. So it was just one of those things that I noticed that I was like, oh, oh, those are all Bible names. Okay, so we're going for this like really big push of this religious concept, which there is some of in the video game, but it's a little more sly. A lot of this is really video game accurate, but there's one really big difference. It turns out that Ellie runs into David and she like holds him up gunpoint and then they end up being attacked by clickers and infected. And so there's this moment where they kind of have to work together. There's more camaraderie there. And so a lot of people had said in this episode, David is just creepy from the get. You know right away that he's like a jerk. He slaps that little girl. He's creepy and weird and he's off-putting. Scott mm-hmm. Shepard really sold this as an off-putting person, yeah. David. Yeah. And in the video game, there's more relationship building that occurs and it's not a lot, but it's enough for you to feel fooled by David. The other difference is that David does bring food to Ellie while she's locked up and says it is dear, I promise. And because of the relationship building, she believes him and does take a couple bites before she gives it back to him. So that's where they drew the line in the TV show. So it's just, well, it's just interesting that they decided to just kind of jump right into this instead of give it that slow build that the video game gave it. Mm. Well, it's kind of like what we were saying in two, yeah, two episodes ago when he got shivved, Joel, is that we're kind of careening towards the end and it seems like all the episodes seem to want to wrap themselves up kind of anthology style. Every single person you get introduced to is off the show, essentially, whether they're dead or alive, let's say, but they're just not in this episode. Tommy's still around, Maria's still around, but you're just not there. Just to your point, is that how they're just trying 
trying to wrap things up. You know, they're just trying to wrap each storyline up within the same single episode. So maybe to your point, do you think they could have or should have spent a little bit more time doing that? Or do you think it was fine the way it was? I think instead of building the backstory of David and his crew, you could have built this relationship between Ellie and him. I just thought it was an interesting choice. It's fine. It's what they wanted to do. Druckmann is involved. So he already told that story. He wants to tell a different story. It's the same thing we saw with The Walking Dead television show versus the comic book. So I get he's like, no, I don't want to tell that story again. I want it to be different. Right. We got to switch it up. This on is one of bit. the differences he chose. I it's fine. I think it's good, too, because I think what Druckmann says in the inside of the episode or insider at the end, <laughs> he says something to the effect of, well, you think Joel's going to come in here and save the day. We're not doing that story. So to illustrate that this isn't about, you know, not wasting time or building time. Like, is this guy for the real deal? Is he really a nice guy, etc.? Maybe they wanted you to know right from the jump, this guy is not your guy. This guy's not the guy. And how will Ellie deal with this? Or how will Joel save the day? And then there's a subvert. I don't know if it's subverting up expectations. Like, I didn't have that feeling like, oh, Joel's going to save Ellie. I actually didn't. Mm -mm. Which is to the show's credit, even though they may not have intended it, to the show's credit, I see Ellie as somebody who fights, somebody who will go tooth and nail, toe to toe, down to the brass tacks. And so when she brought it, I was like, I didn't expect it, but I, I was like, that's what she's going to do. Even if Joel comes in and saves the day, that's what she's going to do. So the fact that she did it start to finish, she handled this guy completely. She handled James completely. It didn't feel strange to me. Like, oh, oh, obviously the patriarch figure is going to save the... No, I didn't feel any of that. She's righteous. She's badass. She's awesome. I loved it. 100%. In the game, are you playing as Joel or as Ellie or as both? Does it kind of go back and forth? It flips back and forth. Okay. It starts really doing that at the point where... So it wouldn't have been last episode, but it would have been the episode prior when Joel gets stabbed. It's like an accident and he gets rebar. Yeah. He like falls on rebar. The Rick Grimes treatment. The fucking Rick move. Yeah. 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 And he so. He falls from like a, like a second story window, a third story window mm -hmm. onto yeah. rebar. And he falls on rebar. And so that's when you take over as Ellie for the first time. Because that segment is called fall. And then after he falls off the horse and they have that scene, it goes black and then it goes straight to winter. Mm -hmm. Actually, it starts with a bunny this is like notorious because of the internet the viral reaction a girl is watching it and she's like oh it's a cute little bunny and then it gets shot through the neck with an arrow and she freaks out <laughs> a little bit <laughs> <laughs> From there, you're playing as Ellie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I think I guess later on you switch back maybe to Joel or or both later. But I know through most of this segment of Winter, you're Ellie. Yep. We you as the player don't know that Joel's alive until you've played as Ellie for a good while. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And you are looking for medicine and stuff, and that's when you run into to David. Right. Right. One thing I do want to kind of drop before we forget: David himself mentions how the Pittsburgh QZ fell in 2017. Right. Yeah. But why that's kind of funny is because while we were watching the show we we're like hi you just skipped pittsburgh went straight to kansas city so they made <laughs> sure to backtrack and say no we didn't we didn't forget about it we just didn't choose to have them stop over in pittsburgh even though we base kansas city off of pittsburgh we're like let's bring it back and mention that there were raiders and this is david's story and that's how he mm -hmm. came about and so in your head you cut you may think okay that's how he <laughs> david went through the, the whole experience thomas you need i think you should read thomas i know i was i was about to i just wanted to drop 
want that one thing. But let's let's read some comments from only Thomas O'Mara. First okay, he so says, Tom- Oh no, where's Rachel? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Says Gareth is greater than this guy, greater than symbol. Serious note, juxtaposition juxtaposition, I always have trouble with that word, of Ellie's military school principal, Captain Kwong, and this guy. Both told her she could choose different paths that would let her lead or the other path where she's not a leader. And, and David himself says something to the effect of you're a leader, you're loyal. What was the third word? I don't know what, but the last thing he says is you have a vi- but you have a violent heart. Something Captain Kwong didn't have to say because obviously, but yeah, Thomas, <laughs> nice note. She took Captain Kwong's advice way more than she took, you know, on a better footing than she took Father Dave's advice. So do you think that's a sign of her <laughs> growth or do you think that she always would have been able to sniff Dave out as a, as a bullshitter? Or do you think that's a, a sign of her growing over the past few months and learning from Joel? I think those are honestly two different questions almost, because I think she learned from both David and Kwong basically showed her the veneer. This is what you could be. You have the traits of this, but you're not there yet. You could be this. But David showed her something that she didn't know she was aware of until he told her. And that's you have a violent heart. Kwong didn't really say that, but David tells her the real talk just because you can handle it now that you've been out here for a while. I, that's what I well, thought. When you she has a violent heart but she has a good heart too she has a balance you know now where just he's just your he's biases. just swayed up no it's <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much a fact dave objectively <laughs> she has a good side do you think david had any kind of good side or was he all megalomaniac i think it was always crazy i think he had to hide who he was before the world fell and like he said the the, the zombie wow. the fungal apocalypse i was gonna say this the cyclosports the cyber the sick cy- wow the cordyceps, the cordyceps. Showed him the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the cordyceps showed him, showed him the truth and allowed him to be who he was. I think he had to hide who he was before. He was always a gross, disgusting cannibal pedophile. <laughs> you, think he was, you think he was a cannibal before the fung apocalypse? <laughs> I think he probably wanted to taste human flesh, but had to hide it. And this is why you should just be covered in tattoos. <laughs> Because Jeffrey Dahmer said tattoos ruin the flesh. So yes, just you don't want to be eaten by a cannibal. Just get a lot of tattoos. Just saying. That's why I get a cordyceps infection. (laughs) That's the only reason I have any tattoos is to to ward off off. the only (laughs) ward off the cannibals. The only listen, there are benefits. Okay, looks great, but like really. It's the cannibals oh, cool. you gotta watch out for. It looks cool. Means something to me. Uh, I guess cannibals. It reminds me of my dad, <laughs> but really, don't eat here, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't worry, Thomas. I'll get to you. He's the only one here. Can't get my comments right. Well, you know, you're the only one here. So, you know, sometimes you have to not read your comments. Uh, Thomas, I love <laughs> you. You're a piece of ass I could hit because he's a freaking pedo. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's named Dave. Nothing good ever comes from that. That's when I took that personally. <laughs> okay, I have to ask this question, and I don't know if you're going to know it. So this is like one of those things. Is Joel in the video game at some point called Buddy Boy by Ellie? Which is why Troy Baker as James. Ellie refers to him as Buddy Boy consistently. Calling James Buddy is how Ellie addresses him in the video game because that scene is pretty much word for word. When she comes up on them and she's like, I'll put one right between your eyes and Buddy Buddy Boy over there, that's straight out of the game. Okay. I I did want to say this much, is that it must have been so weird to see Troy Baker holding down real life Ellie. There has to be a part of him that's like, this is weird and wrong and like I was like... (laughs) 
because you would see I, I've seen like behind the scenes stuff on the making of the video game, like getting the mocap stuff right. And because they're acting out the scenes in real life in a room with dots mm. on them, whatever. It's so much better than the scenes in the video game. They're really into it. They're really emotion emotional They're and they're overacting. So like it's even more grandiose, the, the performance. So like I'm watching Troy Baker and uh, Ashley Johnson and I'm like, this is so intense. So like when they were trying to hold down James and, and David, let's call them their character names. Troy Baker must have himself been like, this is weird. I can't. This is kind of weird. I'm not supposed to be doing this to my daughter-ish figure. And so I, I couldn't stop thinking of that uh, about that every time I watched that scene. I'm like, this must be weird for him harming Ellie. No? Only me? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I think he would associate Ashley I know. with Logically, Ellie, not, I know. Yeah. Not Bella. Yeah. But I maybe mean, I like if it's he's a, playing a different character, he gets into that character. Well, yeah. And I know, like, I know that sep- logically and professionally, himself. you know what? It's not often that I kind of, <laughs> you know me, you guys know me. I'm like, I'm usually pretty whatever. Like, oh, it's guys, it's just a show. It's a fictional universe. But for that one moment, I kind of broke out of the story to be like, it's kind of like the inverse of like, it's just a show. I'm invested in the story. And all of a sudden my mind breaks out of it because it's Troy Baker. And like, I'm like out of the show. Like I'm suddenly out of the show being like, this, that must be weird for Troy Baker. I bet he has feelings about this universe himself. <laughs> that and he's, can live he's a little in lost. your head. Yeah. Your head canon, Dave. I know, it, yeah. But I'm not saying canon. it's a bad thing, it's though. It's not in mine. It's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just like this weird, like this meta, it like imagining what, what it must be like mind. for him. Sure, why not? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to find thought. other people like me so I don't feel alone. I'm sure Good you're not. Luck. I'm sure there's other people that... <laughs> think just as weirdly might there be sorry i'm, I'm done i'm done we'll find out sorry leave a comment <laughs> leave a comment leave is a dave comment crazy? if you're like dave <laughs> oh wait anyone notice there's a character named dave and a character named tommy it's, it's thomas love it love where's it. the sharon in this world Ooh, we, we have her i would throw something at my tv if i ever heard a character i like named mushrooms too much. oh god <laughs> It'll never happen. What I if like, it's a clicker? I like mushrooms too much. I would have died. Really, f- I like my bread products. I would have been dead right away. <laughs> you know what it be? It would be a clicker, and the clicker's T-shirt would say Sharendy on it, and we would just shit bricks. So we we posted both of our clips from last week's episode today. I actually left a comment on somebody's TikTok video. The user's name is Mentheline, and I'll tell you the exact spelling in the blog, but it's M-E-N-T-H-E-L-I-E-L-E-I-N-E. And she put the scene up where James and crew catch up to Ellie. She just gotten shot off the horse, basically. And they're about to execute her until Dave shows up. David, I should say David, shows up. Mm-hmm. And she writes this, she writes, I'm not going to say it word for word, but she says something to the effect of, do you think that me Maybe James, instead of like wanting to get vengeance for Alec's death, could it be that they wanted to execute her to give her like a form of mercy, knowing the monster that David is? And I thought that was such a brilliant take. I like that. Mm. Right? They're all in agreement. All of those guys. Not one of them was like, no, don't. David will be mad. They were like, do it, dude. Yeah. He may be mad, but he... This girl w- won't be because they're hungry right. and they want that soft, juicy, juicy kid flesh, and they want <laughs> that sweet, soft, sweet juicy. feel. Gonna say they're still hungry, right? Like yeah. Oh, because obviously, yeah, they listen to Squawking Dead, I mean, where we love eating children. Feel taste better. Yes, they have a deer, <laughs> and yes, they have a horse. But have they ever had a kid? But, uh, That's not gonna last long. Between as all those I people. said, save a horse, eat a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> this is after the show, by the way. Um, <laughs> we were talking. Okay, context. We were. Talking about country music, and then we brought it back. I think somehow to the the court of the fung apocalypse and save a horse, and <laughs> save a horse, and eat a cowboy. Apocalypse. 
I just want to know if this is the official crossover between Fear and The Last of Us because we had Sherry, obviously, with Dead Horse. <laughs> you, know, the horse like, you know what's funny? I knew that was coming, I but mean, I'm argue, like, I'll argue hear her out. The Walking Dead, too. I mean, Carol killed the horse to feed her people. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk about desperation, too. And I, I like that you brought that up because that, that showed in both The Walking Dead episode and, I mean, especially when they finally brought out the tray of horse meat and you're like, that's got to be disgusting, but to them, that's like finally food would it be that bad i don't understand why why would it wait would are it you be referring terrible? to the walking dead yeah yeah we yeah. were referring to the walking that's oh, what yeah. uh okay Rachel i was like was dude that to. was not horse meat that was a person <laughs> <laughs> No, that was the 100. What were you watching? Oh, that happened in the 100, too. Oh that my was God. Alec Meat. <laughs> yes, it, it was Alec Meat. I also wrote in my notes, oh, if only they would just would have waited. Because that when they walked into the room with the deer and they weren't impressed, I was like, yeah, I'd be the same way by the end of the episode. I'm like, oh, they're like really upset because they're eating human right now. <laughs> At the beginning, when when they first walked out of the church slash steakhouse, that would be my church. Yeah, Dave asked asked James, "How much do we have left?" And James is I'm calling like, him Dave, by the way. We, <laughs> Small request. <laughs> he kind of, he's like, you know, elk, deer, venison, and he said not enough to last long. So I feel like they still had some stores of yeah. meat. But I do believe that that was Daddy Alec that was in the bucket just because of the looks. My first time watching it, I knew they were cooking person. When the guy walked into the kitchen and had the cubes of meat and the girl and the lady's like, what is it? And he's like, dear. Medicine. And I'm like, no, it's not. You liar. That is people. That's people you're giving her. You just mentioned when they walked into the sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, the dining room with the deer. And they were like, oh, look what we got. Ooh. And they're like all excited. Like, what did the people think they were? Eat. wasn't wouldn't that be like a dead giveaway they were all excited that they brought back deer but they're sitting there eating something what do they think they're eating not their dad that's for sure i'm always talking about the little things that make a difference in a show and to me one of the things that stood out was when dave put his hands on the cage railing and then ellie put her hands on his and he was kind of like you know we can do it together and that little she goes oh and that little oh, oh the way she said it, and I know it was the same in the game. It was almost like word for word from the game. But huh. the way she said it was just, <laughs> you weren't really sure. Like, does she really get it? Or like she gets it and she's just playing him? Like, it was just perfect. And, and like, she's, is she a, interested? It was such a nice little touch. And I, I just love, I love the little things that actors do. It's just those little moments. On that same note, when he's trying to explain that he has to take care of his people, he his voice kind of breaks. On the one hand, it looks like, and I wish I remember the exact line about like, you know, having to make the hard decisions to keep his people fed and in the beginning of his his spiel his voice kind of breaks and it could be registered as he's just trying to remember his lines and they kind of went with that line as the final cut or it's like intentional like there's there he's feeling behind it there's something behind those words that make it so that he actually cares or gives a shit later on you figure out it's not like you said he's kind of like a sociopath he plays the part he needs to play in order to fit into society right and there is something to the to the idea of maybe some people believing in their own bullshit when you play the part so much you're invested in the act the the character that you're putting up and I, that's probably the most scary version of someone ever is when they believe their own nonsense i mean people lie to themselves all the time to do all sorts of things but sociopath it's kind of like well when does that switch flip which takes us to when ellie throws the the cinders at the curtains we had mentioned it in the reaction live stream the post watch live stream but there was something to how like very telling when david chooses 
to go for his prey over his own preservation. And all, all of a sudden, the comparing himself to, as a shepherd with a flock of sheep, all of a sudden, you see him for who he is. He's the wolf who's shepherding the sheep. And all of a sudden, all of that comes bare. <laughs> right? It's like he's just Extra the guy. Because he's eating them. <laughs> but exactly. <laughs> who is Nothing he like? He's like more than a nice mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. It's a Princess Bride. Right, Princess Bride. Okay, yeah, yeah. thank you. I'm like, whoa, man, where is that from? <laughs> the story of the Good Shepherd is a parable is told by Jesus in the Bible in, in John 10. And so that's interesting because John also wrote Revelation and that's what he's reading from at the beginning. So that's just a little tie-in there. I don't even know if it was an intentional tie-in, but essentially Jesus was saying, I am the shepherd and my sheep will know me and they'll know my voice. And whoever comes over the side of the fence instead of through the gate is a thief and there will be wolves Among that will come the- and try to attack my sheep. Be- what was the what was the movie that said beware of the wolves among the lambs? Something like that? And it's not Silence of the Lambs before mm-hmm. you get started. Beware I send you out is as sheep amongst the wolves. What was that movie? What was that? It's like bothering me now. You, right? Anyway. You're, you're thinking the same thing too, Sherry Day, right? <laughs> yeah, it's bothering me too. <laughs> well, sorry, but you guys sung the Muppet theme song throughout the time I was trying to get the YouTube stream back. And Walking Dead Eternal says I shouted through this episode a lot at David's arc in the episode in anger. But that's wa- fair. He's but Walking Dead Eternal, did you shout because you didn't like the depiction of David, or did you shout because you're like you were like really invested in like fuck this guy? Just like wow. Why won't you die? Inquiring minds, Walking Dead Eternal, Inquiring Mind. Oh, it was um, The Devil's Advocate. Yes, it's another one of my favorite movies, by the way. I do love that movie. Behold, I send you out as sheep amidst the wolves. Do you know where I was when I first saw that movie? I'm going to tell you, don't worry. Close, probably your church, because I was in- Birding sheep. I was in Michigan, actually, when (laughs) I watched that movie first. (laughs) Visiting a friend out in uh, Central Michigan University. It's just weird. It's like an autumn day, too. It was just the perfect weather to watch that movie. You're at CMU? Yeah. That's actually not that far from me. Maybe I knew you before I knew you. Maybe this is a real sliding doors situation here. But then again, here's the thing. I'm like, what, three, four years older than you? I forgot. Yes. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) We, yeah, I'll have a side conversation, but yeah, but then you'd be like 14 or 15 (laughs) at the time, which would be weird. And then you'd have the right to call me Preacher David. Father Father Dave would be right up her, she'd be right up Father (laughs) Dave's alley. I knew, I knew, Ellie, I knew you before I knew you. I didn't party at CMU until I was like 17. So yeah, a little before my time. Mm, Close though. Mm -hmm. Walking to Eternal says, I was like, who the heck is he to hit the little girl? Right. Right. Hence, starting off with a bang. I just, I I, I like what you said, Bridget, at the beginning of the episode. It was like, right out of the gate, they wanted you to know who this guy was. so You wouldn't be left wondering too much. But then as the episode unfolds, the cannibalism, it really contextualizes him slapping the girl. Because now you wonder if she's fallen out of favor with him, if he does this to other children too, or does he do it to just equal? Like, it's not something I want to think about, really. It did cross my mind, though. And also, I changed my tune a little bit because the last time I watched this episode, the first time I watched this episode, I thought in my head, they're just weak. These people, they don't know how to survive on their own. They're relying on someone stronger than them. Yada, yada. Just this, like, really horrible perspective that I had about these people. They wouldn't even know what to do. They might as well just be dead. Because like They're the not Marshall. It's, like, horrible. It was, like, a horrible thought. We talked about it after the stream because I was like, I don't want to say this on camera because 
because I sound awful. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it now because I changed my tune about it because now I think of it from the perspective of what if these people were just afraid of him? Yeah. He just happened to fall into power there. They chose him. They voted him. But did they? (laughs) That's the narrative he gave you. Is that really the narrative? Ah, okay. I can dig it. So maybe this is like, an abuser and his victims, right? They're yeah. like incapable of leaving. They're too afraid to leave. And isn't that the case with anybody that comes across someone like that? And, and you're in a desperate state and it's the end of the world. And he says it best near the end. He says, these people need God or whatever that <laughs> kind of says it like that. He's like, these people need gods. They're my sheep. I'm I'm surrounded by sheep. I just need a friend. Well, he was the ultimate wolf, right? Like in religious context too. Because when Jesus tells his parable in John 10, he's talking about false prophets and people being worked through by the devil, essentially. But he's he's talking primarily about false prophets and, and those who will come and trick you out of your faith or get you to follow something else. Right. And that's exactly what he does. He comes in and he's like, oh yeah, I used to be a teacher. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I was with kids. And <laughs> now, now I'm a preacher. And why? Because they rhyme? <laughs> kind of. I hated him from that point on. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really, dude? Really, bro? He's got this group of people that he's leading with this like garbage that he's spewing as though it's the word of God. Right. So he's a particular nasty wolf. He's not only gross and and, and horrible and frightening, but he's blasphemous too. Because I mean, yeah, he's leading people he's, into sin in a, you know. It's not so much that as it is like he's using God's word for his own personal gain. Insidious purposes. And that's just ugh, especially with the pedophilia, dude, come on. It's like so gross. Can you not? Can you not with the can pedophilia? You can you? Can you just not? And I know like everyone will be like that's intertwined in all religion more and more. Like I don't want to hear it yeah like i just don't i don't want to touch on that at all but like it's just it's it's so insidious it bothers me so much especially as a christian and especially someone who works in education everything about this guy just i would kill him in this world i would just straight up kill him yeah yeah like i I wouldn't have even gotten as far as they did (laughs) right at the beginning as soon as he agreed that because preacher rhymed with teacher that's when i want to kill them It's, it's not as much the pedophilia or the cannibalism. <laughs> it's rem- that you agree to that. It's so stupid. Right. You're Horrible not funny. Schemes. What kind of educator are you? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> a deducator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate myself too. I mean, people have twisted religion in, to, to be able to do stuff like this in history. I don't like getting a reminder of it, I guess. Getting that reminder on TV and when I'm trying to like escape reality, it really grinds my gears. Well, d- then doesn't... See, I'm glad you brought this up because doesn't it go to the overarching theme of when the world falls and there are people who are in positions of power, like let's say even the Fireflies, but Fedra, now these, now this guy amongst these people. And what is the Silver Lake Resort community, but not like a micro Fedra, right? They're safe behind walls, etc. Population is scarce. They're dwindling. Food's kind of like, eh. And so people with power in this world is hard. It's almost even... It's almost as if to say it's hard not to grab that ring when you have that power and even easier to justify the bad behavior to be able to blame 
that bad behavior on a crisis, let's say. Like absolute power corrupting, absolutely. It really says a lot about like the world. And it really goes back to some of the things that I've said. The show has done a great job of illustrating, well, is humanity worth saving? By all accounts so far, it feels no. like that's not the case. No, we are not worth saving. I don't believe that. I often agree. No, I often agree when we talk about this. Rachel and I are usually like, no, people suck. They're the worst. Yeah, I I will continue that thought. But let me read some comments before. Because first of all, I want to say this much. Even with the internet issues and the stream cutting out and having to start a new one, and then I'm going to have to combine the two in the playlist, which is not hard, but... Thank you for showing up in this renewed, re-energized stream that we had to start over again. You're welcome. I really wanted to go to bed. And being in the chat. Well, listen, you know. He's not talking to me. He's gotta, talking to you yeah, guys in no, the I'm chat. Talking to, mm-hmm. No, I abuse the shit out of you. This is known. God, I'm, I am the David and I abuse. Uh, he is David. Beware, I send you as sheep amongst the, amongst the Dave. So, <laughs> anyway. Thomas says, you're back. You need to start over because I'm here now. Well, we did. Uh, Walking Dead Journal says, shouts shouts out to Ellie for ending him. Yeah. Charity, also in the chat, says, I gave up. I give up on my internet. Thomas says, Ellie should have married him and ruled the world. Can I dwell on that for a hot sec? I mean, I knew we we all knew that wasn't going to happen. But like for a hot sec, when he says over and over over again, you got to face reality, kid. You, You are all alone. And her still choosing. I don't care if I'm all alone. I'm going to scratch and claw and fight until the very end which continues the theme from the last episode is that you have to make every second count like the deer you don't waste the thing you know you eat the bone you get make the stew and whatever you don't waste any part of the deer or the cow whatever you're eating and and though so they took the theme from the last episode they continued to port it into this episode and i like that they kept it she's like un- trying to unscrew bolts and and trying to go up to the, the the window and try to get out she's trying to do everything she can she's checking the hinges and all that stuff trying to see where the weak spot is she's not giving up but I just thought for a hot second with all the talk about her and Joel being companions and father daughter figure and whatnot. What is there a world in which like he says, Oh, he dead. And she just kind of gives up and that that's your answer. And I thought that was chef's kiss. Walking dead eternal says, sorry, I wasn't in the last stream. I was not feeling well. Well, you're here now, which makes it seem. Thank you. You're the best. You're human. Why? You don't yeah. have to, you're not a robot like Dave. Yeah. yeah I don't make these yeah. people come on when they're sick. Dave I say, sleep. please, he never you're going to sniff. He's a robot. Right. He just needs yeah. some oil every now and then. Right. I did that. There's vitamin C that drops from the ceiling every now and again. Which there's is smoking this old, hot wife administers. Right. <laughs> there's this old um, she pipes sci-fi it into movie the room. called Forbidden Planet and there's yeah. a robot in it and they like can't find the robot for a while and it makes him seem really suspicious and he, when he shows up they're like, where were you? You know, it's old so it's like uh, really over the top. Mm. And the robot's like, I was giving myself an oil job. <laughs> and that's, that's Dave. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I was came checking back. my oil. And then we did a podcast. <laughs> Beep. Pork. Uh, <laughs> Thomas is it's like the worst robot costume. It's so bad. Well, Thomas is your amateur technical skills aren't worthy of my humor. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and, that, and that's when I took it personally. That's his livelihood. It's <laughs> my livelihood, son. You're you're a cheap imitation of a radiologist, Thomas. Oh, radio tech. Sorry, my bad. David and the oh. giant killers. Yeah, no shit. In the look ahead, it looks like they're in Nevada because of the Reno sign on the highway. I thought that was kind of cool. It's like we're going somewhere or past this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you do get a little glimpse of Ashley Johnson, who plays 
Somebody is pregnant and being chased by an infected. I, I recovered. But this is Ashley Johnson. Oh, you get that preview. Yeah, but I won't say who it okay. is. Those no, who we're know, not talking about it. We're those who know, no. And those who don't will be happy. We already talked about her. We no, didn't really. But we didn't. <laughs> we didn't uh, um, I said I, it. If anyone paying attention, I, I know who <laughs> that is because you guys said it already. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> anyone no, paying no, attention. I said... <laughs> It was pre-stream. Nobody was on except for me and Dave. And I told Dave what I know about her role in the show. And I'm, I'm not going to say it to anybody mm. now. So for the blog, I, I actually put it down in the last episode. I didn't say it. I There's an article that links to that, whatever. In the reaction post-show live stream that we did after the episode airs and we talk about our feelings and things, I mentioned that in our shop, you can download a tribute I made to Long Long Time as well as Harry Chapin's Any Old Kind of Day. And I got obsessive last night and I decided to not completely redo it, but I really, I literally opened a new file and did it from scratch. And I just re-uploaded it too. And I also sent it to both Takira and Walani, who had jumped on it right away when I posted it. So if you're interested, I did make a mashup of Long Long Time by Linda Ronstadt and Harry Chapin's Any Old Kind of Day. I redid it. It's up in our Kofi shop. It's ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead slash shop. And it's free. It is pay what you want, but it is technically free. You can go there now. You don't have to even follow us there or anything like that. You can just grab it now. It's a little longer because I kind of made it flow really uh, just a lot more nicely. And you you can hear it is a lot closer to what I thought it was in my head. And so I feel a lot better about it. It's just one of those things where like when you do something and you need to get something out and it just has to get close enough to way you feel about it in your head. And, and I've been playing it over and over again because I like it that much. So <laughs> it's, it's all about me. I literally saw the message. I saw the message like, whoa, I did this thing. I, I did like, this Dang. thing. I did it again. <laughs> there's like there's other things to be working on what are you doing right now <laughs> it's called mental health it's called hyperfixation <laughs> hey man listen there's this is like a job right now <laughs> this thing that we're doing right now <laughs> this is for pleasure and actually if people find it really interesting and i really would like to know what you think uh, please let me know because it's just a lot better than the first one you'll never hear the first one now because i replaced it in the coffee <laughs> shop like, good thing i didn't waste my time with that first one it's garbage apparently. <laughs> it's garbage <laughs> so uh so please please let me know what you think if you like when linda ronstadt or harry chapin okay let's go on the note of david and being creepy but like the insistence on wanting to to get her name as a means to this is so you know i don't talk often about this but people really are more susceptible to suggestion than you think our inherent nature is to believe what we hear we kind of did bring this up when we we're talking about the broken glass theory once something has been seen it cannot be unseen that sort of thing Mm -hmm. Right. But the truth is, and Jonathan Swift talks about this in, in, in a decent proposal. And it's funny because a decent proposal talks about ending the famine by eating children. And you're talking about a guy who is a preacher or a, uh, sorry, he is a, I forgot exactly what he was, but he's, he's in the clergy. It's one of my favorite pieces because he's basically pr- making this indecent proposal about, you know, okay, if, the, if they want to end human suffering, oh, let's just start by eating children and et cetera, et cetera. But something that he says in the midst of writing this piece, he kind of explains what the written word is. He says something to the effect of the written word is a very powerful thing. And then once you read it, your mind automatically absorbs it, not as truth, but at least a possibility. And so when David is asking the names of the people he talks to, James, and then tries to get Ellie's name several times, it's a means for, for him to wear her down mentally. Or well, at least- Yeah, it's control. You're right, to be more suggest, to, to increase the su- suggestibility of Ellie, let's say. And so it's not something we often talk about. And you're wondering to yourself, why does he keep asking her name? Why? why, why? Because 
wants to know his prey. He wants to give his prey a name in a sense. It's kind of it's just kind of interesting to see that work. What is a control thing? He doesn't want her to withhold anything. Yeah. By withholding her name, she's is still in control and that drives him crazy because he's the kind of person that needs to have her because he's a, show, a sociopath and creepy and everything. I, I would I would have laughed so hard if he, he was like, yeah, we have penicillin. And what was your name again? Ah, whatever. And, uh, you know, we'll James will go get it and it'll be right here. And when you get back, we'll split the deer. Uh, but what was your name? No. All right. Anyway, <laughs> just keeps doing that. I'm sorry. I didn't get your name. <laughs> Thomas says how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Everyone's favorite word in the language is his or her name. Nice. Nicely really? done. I creeps me out when I hear people say my name. Cause you think you're in like trouble. It. I especially hate it when strangers say my name. I forget that I wear a name tag at work and people I don't know say my name. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Rachel? Yeah. I don't like Yes. That. But Not I think all. everybody's like that though. Right. If you somebody, somebody calls out your name that you're not familiar with the voice, not familiar, familiar with the face. You're like automatically distrustful. Right? Yeah. Cause they're a wolf. <laughs> They're an outsider. Yeah. This is his way of kind of coaxing her into being the insider in a sense. Well, yeah, people to people belong your trust by using your name or, you know, making eye contact. And that's why he was doing all of that. He was and the hands the, like, like showing him his hands, like his bare hands. So doing all hands. the like classic psych, you know, psychology ridden stuff that you do when you're trying to <laughs> manipulate people. <laughs> <laughs> right. True. And Thomas is right. In is 17 true. minutes of The Last Look, of Us chat, Thomas, we talked about the Muppets. You you enjoy it because otherwise, why are you here? So that's a really that. good question, actually. Let's explore that a little bit. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> that. Where are you? He, he, you know what? To be and fair. And all of you know, this is water. This is water in this giant bucket. Thank you. In your paint can. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> in your paint can. This is water in my paint can. Thank no, you. No, to be serious, though, Thomas in his own way makes the, the show better because first of all the most laughs in the last full breakdown of the short jokes and the short puns oh hey maddie oh we went through your point this is this is um <gasps> maddie mentally. you're the one with the excellent point we actually brought up your point before to the amusement of many on here you're welcome great. thank mm-hmm. you you're gold <laughs> you're, wel- you're thank you point. stay golden pony boy <laughs> <laughs> every word of that was a struggle <laughs> It's like you knew that you should stop, but you just had to keep going. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try it. I don't, I don't I like it. I went this far. I went this far. Just finish her I still got to go. I just got to go for it. Well, Maddie likes it. It's the outsiders. She got the reference. There you go. Mission accomplished. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it sounded like I was just we love you. I nope. an aneurysm. You don't I'm have to apologize it. for gold, Bridget. <laughs> Stay uh, ever. Golden. Pony. Well, I and now know, Thomas I is know, correcting you. I know, I know. It's Stay Gold's pony boy. God, say it right. Oh, God. Your worst fears imagined. Is Thomas correcting you? <laughs> and calling you Thomas short. Thomas correcting me is constantly happening. I feel like it's like it's that or he's threatening to tell people that I don't like them from fear. <laughs> Those are his two go-tos. You said it out loud. All right. Cool. I mean, he said it. All right. Well, <laughs> let me rake over some of the things that, that were said in the episode or insider that Mazin and Druckmann mm. kind of go back to back on. And then we'll, we'll call it a night. But uh, Mazin says the only person that can save Ellie is Ellie with violence. Uh, and Druckmann says Joel saves Ellie, not physically but emotionally and the only question remains is Mason says something snaps in her now is it permanent or can she find her way back and that is an interesting question to hang off on because you think that it's kind of over from here on in sort of as a viewer when you watch television shows usually but like is it over right they keep reusing themes from the other episodes and they keep on continuing they do 
is like the great value version of the of, outsider. Why don't you explain stay, what, what's happening stay, right now to the audio golden, podcast? Stay golden, horsey kid, is what Sharon <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it just got me. It got me. Well, I thought what got you was what Tom says. I wonder who's taller, Dave or Ellie? Me! <laughs> Wait. It's Ellie. <laughs> Wait, I I'm 5'2". Five, five, no, no. Mm, I bet I'm Bella Ramsey's taller than you. Let's All right, fact no. check. Fact we check. <laughs> okay, fact check. you do that about- while I do other things <laughs> talk on the show. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> talk amongst think, talk amongst think about yourself. something to talk about. Think you know, about something to talk I just about. Just want to explain something to Maddie right now. Maddie, <laughs> we used to go not live. I mean, we used to go live live. And then we used to do these pre-recorded episodes where we can get away with shit like this. No, we can't. This is what people come here for. Mm, for themselves. It's Listen, it's vanity. It's all vanity. Just saying. You barely made it. She's 5'1". Yeah, so I am taller. Barely. And I, I definitely can't fit in her wardrobe. I'll say that much. So thank you. Well, she's itty bitty. Yeah, like me. I said it. I said it. It's like butter. Yeah, I've only, I've only got an inch on you. So I'm, I, it's, you know, that's I'm what right I was there. thinking throughout my editing session of like, of like, you're like, <laughs> not gonna, no, you can't fit, in, you can't even fit in Tyrion's <laughs> wardrobe. And I'm like, I'm like editing. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. She's like five three. I'm like five two and a half. So I'm like nipping at her heels just slightly. Sons of bitches. Anyway, but I'm still taller. I'll take that half an inch. <laughs> That's what she said. Boom. I made Boom. the look. Bridget completed the circle. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's half an inch? Anyway. <laughs> This is, uh, sorry, that was a big stork, too. What happened there? See, this is what people come here for, Dave. Don't Don't delude yourself. Don't delude yourself. This is is the stuff. Yeah. Well. This is the show. The highlight of this episode seems to be Maddie's take on the the scene. Yeah. Thank God for Maddie. It's the take. Because we have nothing. How does that happen? (laughs) With all my genius. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Maddie does the show from here on in. And boy, she's a tyrant. You, you thought you thought you had it bad with me, Maddie. Ooh, saying. I'm like blowing her spot. And she just started watching us for the first time. This is how we rope you. See, I'm like David on the show. That's how I rope you. And I, I like neg you. What are those guys called? The guys that the something artists, the pickup artists. I'm negging you. Mm-hmm. So like, don't watch us. Who cares? <laughs> Is it working? Is it working? Dave, I assume this comment is directed at you. Thomas says that you're old enough to be your grandfather. And I'm sure I have several so inches on Dave in more ways than one. Yikes. Charity said he wore an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot speedo. It doesn't have the same effect. <laughs> Why didn't you complete? You can call a man's bathing suit a bikini. It's a, it's, it's, no, a it's, a spe- it's a speedo. Yeah, bikinis, two pieces. <sighs> banana hammock. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes. Now you guys are, are thinking of me in a banana hammock. It's already there. See, like Jonathan Swift said, I said it. Now you're thinking it. No, not until you said now you're picturing it. I literally was not. Uh, I'm very Maddie hairy. Said, uh, I'm Maddie five, said, six. You're making me feel like a giant. And then really though, said, Maddie? Dave needs some inches. And then Maddie said, people be arguing with me in the comments of that TikTok for real. Really? For real? Really? 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 No, no, really? I get it because when I, just mean. when I was doing the notes for this episode, it does seem very 
interestingly clear that like they're out for blood, they want the vengeance and all that stuff. But not all of them were out for vengeance on Ellie. They really wanted to get the guy. So uh, that's why I'm on board with your theory, Maddie, on a serious note, instead of trying to make you laugh. I think Maddie's theory is a pretty good one. I honestly hadn't thought of it until then, but it's it's solid. Like it makes sense. And she is a little girl and they know what's going to happen to her if she's with creepy David. 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 I said David. Calm down. I'm just very insistent. because. And from now it. on, Dave's name is Creepy Dave. <laughs> what if Media Matters gets a hold of this clip? <laughs> Call him Creepy Dave. <laughs> Not that I'm important enough. <laughs> That's for... spelled C-R-E-E-P-Y-D-A-V-E. Creepy it's Dave. S it's B Siobhan. It's, uh, it's H. <laughs> X Y M O U O P Mickey Mouse. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and you're right, Maddie. They're entitled to having a different interpretation. They that's, are. That's but, us uh, in a nutshell, by the way. Right. <laughs> right. I'll bring up your theory and totally trash it, but like I'll be like, I'm glad you said it because people, some people might agree with it, but I yeah. didn't. Yeah, and they're, the ladies they're didn't. entitled to have their opinion, but um, arguing about it isn't really necessary. Yeah. But that's TikTok all over the place. I really I try know. my best to kind of like entreat some people. I don't really because our podcast is all about hearing people out and even if we disagree like liking the fact that you thought of it so that's that's the essence of what we try to do we're not like those negative podcasts that like to shit everything they that's why we did started this podcast we started because yeah, we were really we like watching fear except for seven b <laughs> Which was an exercise for me, but we did it. Patience. We did it. Well, I mean, you know, for what we try to do, right? Okay. So in the official podcast, Sharon, says, James recognizes that Ellie can take his place and he wants to eliminate the threat. Oh, that's cool. Well, wow. Interesting. Okay. I'm processing that actually right now. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I know. It's an interesting thought. And just to kind of not counterbalance that, because I don't want to say that that's wrong because that's duh. That's stupid but i can easily see (laughs) showrunners are wrong (laughs) well no see the thing is is that and it's very easy to kind of even as somebody who's behind the scenes because you have to understand once the editing is done for these episodes a lot of what they think is canon isn't canon because some of the stuff doesn't make the episode so a lot of what they think is in the final cut doesn't always make it so until sharon had said that that didn't seem apparent to me did it seem apparent to any of you though no honestly i i didn't even think james had buy-in on that well, he, he does. He did seem like he second does in say command. like I'm. I'm still a believer or whatever. But it didn't seem sincere to me. It seemed like he's like yeah, like obviously. he was looking for a way to you know not get rid of David, but he was willing to kind of you know not listen to him. It seemed a little mutinous. So because he was directly told by David, do not kill her, and then immediately was going to kill her. Well, it's also like okay, what Mason says is the first thing that he says in the in the episode or insider <laughs> is that he says the theme of this episode is desperation you may mm. still have the faith but it's it's wearing you down and maybe they whittled down some of the extraneous parts to kind of hone in more on james's and everybody else's desperation everybody looks awful ragged thin weathered they're on their last legs and so who can blame them for following somebody that feels like they have the answers because of course a, soci- a sociopath has the answers because <laughs> that's all they have is they have to have an answer otherwise who are they but i like that we can get something like that from troy baker and have a little bit more context maybe to something that they might have explored 
more had it made the cut, but I don't think it made the cut. It's not to say that he's wrong, but it's like he has some, he has inside information on something that could have been something that was explored more, but I don't think that's his true motivation. At the end of the day, Maddie says, yeah, Blazy, I think that's part of it too. So, okay, there's some legs. Thomas says, nothing with Dave goes deeper. Dot, 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 except for that one thing. Uh, Maddie says, I didn't really feel that in the show until I mentioned it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't either though. But that's kind of why I said what I said though, because I don't feel that made the cut. And I think most of these episodes are like that. And I also think along the way, they may have thought some of these episodes are a bit long. And so we have to kind of trim the fat for the audience, the audiences that are tuning in. But now I just remembered a fact that I just read about a couple hours ago before we got on the podcast, which was this week's episode broke all previous records in most live viewing streaming oh, wow. audience. It's 8.1 million viewers. So they they just broke all their other records now. So but that was worth noting as well. And with a shorter episode, not like a longer episode too. I think it just hits all the right notes. But overall, did you guys feel really good about this episode? I just wish we, we should hit on that because we didn't really go into that in the post watch live stream. Did it give you the, the things that you wanted? Because like, let's go to Rachel. Do you feel like we're going somewhere that we explored something and that we're hitting the notes? Is your rating different this week? I really, really like this episode. I know we touched on it earlier, but I didn't really comment on Joel's absence. I never, never felt like Joel was going to show up and save the day. I was very much looking forward to to how Ellie was going to get herself out of the situation. In fact, when Sharon and I were watching it and Joel managed to take out three guys while he was half dead, I'm like, really? Hmm. (laughs) The first guy, I'm like, okay, he caught him by surprise and he surprised the other guy. Like, he seems to be getting lucky a lot, but whatever, I'll let it slide because, you know, what are the options? Him dying? I don't think so. I didn't think he was going to come save Ellie and I'm glad he didn't, honestly. I mean, I'm glad he made it to where she was eventually, but no, I I was ready for her to be this badass that I think we kind of always expected her to be and she got herself out of the situation and i loved seeing that right and the fact that we could see that mm-hmm. is in this contained episode which mm-hmm. you could easily say oh it's like oh i don't like this it's not them together we're not moving anywhere but i'm glad that you liked it it shows that you can do that and still have something that's rachel worthy of the stamp of approval what about you bridget i felt like the video game storyline was better for this portion it built more tension in that way by gaining the trust and then losing it i just thought it was better but part of that is is there was infected in it and there were no infected in this episode and and I get I'm like annoying now I'm like one of those people that watch Walking Dead and was like there's no there's no, no walkers, walkers. they're not threatening yeah. anymore but it is it is kind of hard to believe that we haven't seen hardly any with the exception of the the dr- the giant sarlacc pit of, <laughs> of, of the bloater and the bloater I mean with the exception of that we've hardly seen anything right and and in the flashback, that's been right? a little upsetting to me. And I get it. We're really far in. This would be a genuine. We've looked. We've talked about some of the science behind this, right? And this would be like a genuine concern. <laughs> this would be in everything. It would get into food. And if it can transmit to people, then can you just get it from being around other people and breathing it in? And I know they're not doing the spore thing in this, but it's it's hard to believe that there's just no infected. We go to a, a college campus, no infected. I'm having a little bit of a difficult time but I had said this previously that I'm just not getting as much tension as I wanted it's been better this latter half of the episodes has been a lot better in terms of of tension building but something's just missing for me right well and they chose to focus on something that they're missing yeah well in in the last episode (laughs) 
at the beginning when they reach the house and they go over the neighborhood, you do hear one in the background, but you mm-hmm. never get to see it, right? Yeah. So in this episode, right before we get to the deer, you do hear that kind of clickery, animally noise, but it, you feel like, okay, yeah. it's an infected. There's an infected nearby. You see like a little little patches of what are definitely leaves because they're not mycelial bits, right? But you're like, oh, yeah, there's an infected. She's going to encounter infected. No, no infected. Mm-hmm. And now I could be wrong, but we may get our wish and we may regret that wish. But who knows? Who knows with this show? But I will say, going back to something that I've said when, when The Walking Dead was on, I never really cared about the walkers as much. And the Rachel goes, how dare you? And then I'll go like, okay, calm down. <laughs> and then... <laughs> But for me, it was always the human drama. It was always, it's out there. It's the background that we're coming from. I come exactly. from a horror background. So like this uh, irks me in a way because I wanted I wanted a horror show. It's not what I paid my good and money it's for. Not what, it's not quite where I want it to be. You know, you wanted a drama and you're getting, you're getting that. Yeah. You nailed it on the drama for sure. Right. I was just missing. Is <laughs> that <laughs> your dog? Is that a sneeze? Oh! <laughs> Are you okay? She's infected. She is. Infected. She's a quarter pup. <laughs> a quarter pup. Oh, that's so cute. Half mushroom, half dog. <laughs> you said it out loud. Okay. So, but going I back just, to the I point, know. it's okay. I'm not. I'm not hating on this show either. I feel like people probably hear my opinion and they're like, "God, this bitch. She's always bitching about this show and how it's not that great." It's good. It's missing something for me. That's all. And for me, as as for my part, I I'm really really sucked in to this show in a way that I never expected to be. To the point where it's gotten me to not rethink certain things, but to which is good. It, it makes me reevaluate the kind of person I would be in the apocalypse. And it's much worse than what I think I would be in the walking dead zombie apocalypse. So even more dead meat, basically fungal meat, whatever. (laughs) But let me read some comments for a sec. Maddie says, I liked it. Even if there were were some rough and upsetting moments, that's something we said at the beginning of the episode. I was just like, I don't really want to watch this for the notes. It's really bothering me. And Maddie says that penicillin was doing work. She says, (laughs) which is another thing we could talk about that. I don't really want to, because that requires, a lot we're of gonna suspension go way, disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Way too much. And I, we're just accepting it. I was very we're just upset accepting about, it. Yeah. We're just going to, we're just going to take it. We're just going to go. Yep. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Sure. Moving on. Sure. And Sharon D says, rightfully so, even at 10%, Joel is better than five dudes at, at 100. Or, <laughs> But then we say, we talk a lot about how, oh, how is woozy Joel going to face off against these people who haven't eaten too? And it's an argument that we brought up right from the second or first episode haven't of The Walking Dead season 11. Eaten? Well, they haven't really eaten at all. They're like starving. They're on rations. We just watched them eat. But they're still on <laughs> rations. They And they've traveled a long distance. Well, I don't have a long distance, whatever. They've traveled a far distance. And they're not at their peak performance too. They're withered. They're they're 160 pounds when wet. This is the same argument we made for one of Maggie's wardens. Remember how the big guy that was ramming against the door in the beginning of season 11? And I was like, the guy's like uh, 300 pounds yeah. easy. And blah, blah, blah. Like, but like, dude, he hasn't eaten. They're all starving. So like, mm-hmm. they're not even Joel. Sure. But whatever. Joel at 10%. I, I believe it. He ate that crumb that she left on him. Right. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. whatever that cornflake was, or yeah. chicken pork rind skin. It thing. looked like a chunk of chicken wing. That was yeah, all that's what I was thinking. Think the kind that you leave out overnight, and then like you wait till the next like evening. Like a crackling, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is you know nutrient dense. Uh, Maddie says Joel got that dog in him. The one true tea dog. Maddie says I feel like you could say the amount of people Joel killed while half dead in the game is even more unbelievable than the three in the show. <laughs> Point taken. Which okay, kind of goes to how efficient he is at doing this sort of thing. Blazy says, frankly, Frankie disagreed because he has a canine steps and a corgi 
cordyceps. Maddie says malnourished. Oh, and she thinks it's jerky, but I think it's chicken skin. <laughs> human jerky. It's it's human jerky. <laughs> Ellie was a cannibal the whole time, so it was Joel by proxy. All right. Well, I think we've run out of gas. Rachel's about to fall asleep. <laughs> and if you like what you've heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what we missed. Please, for the love of God, for this episode, tell us mm-hmm. what we missed because I know it was a lot. But remember to tell us after every episode. And if you really like what we're doing, head on over to either ko-fi.com slash dead or patreon.com slash dead. You don't have to buy us a coffee. You don't have to tip us on Kofi. You don't have to join a membership tier. All you should try doing is mm-hmm. following us because it's free, first of all. Second, you get the inside track of some of the things that we're planning in the background. Even if you can't always take a part in it, uh, you'll see when new shop items come up that are absolutely free to download the Linda Ronstadt, Henry Chapin mashup tribute to them. You should get it. It's in the shop, the Kofi shop. But either way, if you do decide to tip us, you will get 30 days of support about content on Kofi. And if you join a membership tier on either Patreon or Kofi, you'll get instant access to our Discord, at least, the unedited episode recordings and our undying love, <laughs> as well as all of that for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, oh, and uh, you're off to the races. And the upper tiers, obviously, will get their credits at the end of this episode on the audio podcast because we're live right now. We can't. We don't have the capability. And a whole host of other perks that even the survivors here get to join us on these episodes and break them down with us. The gauntlet has been thrown. In any case, I've been your host, David Cameo, and I, I was joined by Cosmom Zero and I, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardener, now in the chat, Thomas O'Mara in the chat, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punky Bruce. That's P-U-N-K-Y B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. We're done. We're done. We're just done. <laughs> For today and we've we've broken down in our the best way possible the penultimate season finale of the walk the walking to the last of us is mm. <laughs> inaugural wow. season titled when we are in need we should probably quit yeah by the <laughs> way are need. joel called her baby girl i forgot that's so mm. sweet that was his that nickname was for sarah sweet. anyway See? bye baby girls we would have caught that and said it on rate this podcast.com well now mm. i said it so now you don't have to now you don't have to rate us at all shut it shut no, it rate us. Oh, now we've berated them so they won't rate. Should be a should berate us at KO. <laughs> Shabbat. Take care, everybody. We'll see you very soon. We love you. And thank you for coming on, Maddie, Thomas, and uh, what was his name? What? Walking Dead. Walking, Walking Dead, Dead Eternal. Eternal. This is, I get dumb, way dumb after dark. Bye. See you later. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye, babies. Sleep. <laughs> oh love you, baby girl. Wow. Thank you again for making it to the end of this much shorter episode than we're used to, mostly due to some of the technical difficulties we had during the live stream. We actually have two separate streams because my internet had gone out somewhere in the middle of our recordings. All of that combined reduced our will to live (laughs) gradually, but surely. But something that we said also during the episode was this episode is fairly cut and dry. There wasn't too much behind it that we could link to prior episodes and such, but isn't that a mark of a good episode really? But not only have you reached the portion of the episode where we thank you once more, but we also take the moment to thank our supporters at both ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and patreon.com slash squawkingdead. They give us the fuel to keep going, starting with our survivors tier members. We've got at real Ryan GM on Twitter, 
at elizajones 71 on Instagram or at jonesaj6 on Twitter, and Linda Pack Athens, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy. And on to our Whisperers tier members, at judith.morton on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, at sandy.d.morrison on Facebook, at j13voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, and at Tashiyama on Twitter, or at newbaby420 on Instagram. Keep an eye out for the interview we had with William Bell at That's My Viewing Party. It's about 30 minutes long. It will release right after this episode, probably a day later. It's the last interview that we have recorded during That's My Viewing Party, which was the Walking Dead series finale viewing party in Covington, Georgia, thrown by Anthony Collins and Nicole Pessa. You can catch the entire unedited stream when you either tip us at ko-fi.com slash Dead or join a membership tier on either Patreon or Kofi. I highly recommend it. It flows rather nicely and contains a lot of behind the scenes yucks that we couldn't quite put in the published version of each of these interviews. So I highly recommend it. Let us know what you think always at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. And in the meantime, we've got the series finale of The Last of Us coming up. We hope you can join us on our post-watch live stream right after the episode airs on Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. Well, after that would be 10 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. Assuming the episode is longer, it might be just after that. To do that, head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe to it. That's youtube.com slash squawkingdead. And make sure to enable all channel notifications so that you know exactly when we go on or when anything that we put out comes out so that you can get first watch at it because the audio podcast listeners obviously will get these episodes a little later than normal because we love you too much to keep in some of the ums, ahs, clicks, and background noises. We really try to give you the best listening experience here because we appreciate your time and your patronage. In any case, take care and remember, we are squawking dead.